welcome everyone to the Pearls of Biblical Wisdom uh, podcast ministry. I would like to begin this particular podcast by reading from Mark chapter 5, beginning with verse 21. When Jesus was passed over again by boat to the other side, he's going from the east side of the Sea of Galilee to the western side, And when he gets to the western side, he's in the area of Capernaum, uh, where Jesus' headquarters was established uh, in the Galilean region. When he got there, many people gathered unto him, and he was near unto the sea. And behold, there comes one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He besought Jesus greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with Jairus, and many people followed him and thronged upon him or crowded him. They were all jostled together as a big crowd, getting trying to get as close as they could to the Lord Jesus. And here's the point in this podcast that we're going to be speaking to, beginning with verse 25. A certain woman who had an issue of blood... Twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, not only of his presence at that moment, being there in Capernaum, but what she had heard over the days and weeks of his ministry in Capernaum, what she had come to understand about who he is and what he could do, his authority. Uh, Let me read that again. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in the crowd behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be well. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself, the King James says virtue had gone out of him. Uh, Another word there for virtue uh, would be power had gone out of him. He turned about, that is, Jesus turned about in the crowd, and he said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the multitude crowding thee, and how do you say to us, Who touched me? And Jesus looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, 
knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him. And this phrase right here is loaded, loaded. There's so much to this phrase. She, she fell down before him and told him all the truth. And then Jesus said unto her, notice how uh, we just know that we don't even know her name. It says a woman is all we know. But when Jesus addresses her, he calls her daughter. That's critically important to understand. He called her daughter. Your faith has made you uh, well or whole. Uh, the first time this word well or whole is mentioned, it's one Greek word. But there's going to be, Jesus is going to mention this again. He says, go in peace and be whole or be well. That's a different Greek word. So not only is daughter critical to understand, but those two Greek words, when Jesus said, your faith has made you whole the first time, go in peace and be whole of your plague. That's a different Greek word the second time. Well, let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we know that you are able to do exceeding abundant above all we could ask or think in prayer. And I pray, Father, that the manifestation of your spirit, the supernatural working of your spirit, would be given to every person that would listen to this particular podcast. I pray they would see the practical application for their life, I pray they'd understand what Jesus said when he said, if you being evil as a parent and having a sinful nature, if you being evil know how to do good to your children in such a state, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life, the supernatural working of the Holy Spirit's working in, inside of the believer and through the circumstances of the believer's life, how much more will you do that if we ask you by faith to touch our heart, touch our mind, touch our understanding, so we can see in all the circumstances and all the pressures and all the difficulties and all the trials and all the calamities that you are greater. Greater is Jesus Christ who lives in us than all the, the powers of darkness is working in the world. So, Lord, I pray for wisdom as I share the thoughts you've laid on my heart. I pray that you would enable me by the Holy Spirit to give what you want given. And then I pray for the understanding of those who listen, that they can receive directly from you by your spirit through your word, the wisdom they need to know that nothing is impossible with God. And I pray this in Jesus name. Amen.
As I was preparing for this particular podcast this morning, prayerfully pondering over what should be said and not be said, the Lord brought to mind when I was at, uh, in those 1970 days uh, where I went to school, it was called Columbia Bible College in Columbia, South Carolina. And Dr. McQuilkin, the president of the school at that time, was giving a message out of Corinthians where it speaks that our Lord Jesus Christ always leads us in triumph through his Son, Jesus Christ. And he mentioned this um, song, Faith. It's a chorus-type song. Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees. That is the promise in God's Word of what God is able to do in every circumstance, every impossible circumstance of life. Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to God alone, laughs at impossibilities, and cries, it shall, it shall, it shall be done, and cries, it shall be done. That's what this is all about. Uh, This particular woman who had this dire, straight illness, For 12 years, she was in dire straits. She she was totally inadequate, and the doctors were totally inadequate. She was weak. She was drained from all the efforts that she had made, all the efforts that the doctors had made, and she was none better but the worse. And in that condition, being so weak and so frail and so worn out with it all, she said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment by faith in the person of Jesus Christ and who she had understood, come to understand he is, in that region of Capernaum, uh, where most of uh, Jesus' mighty miracle works were done, he actually rebukes that city. In one place in the Gospels, he talks about um, the uh, accountability they have on the Day of Judgment because of all the miracles he did that proved he was the Son of God manifest in the flesh who had authority over every domain of life. So I want to speak now about authority as we begin trying to understand what happened with this woman who had the issue of blood. It's very important to understand the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. The word used here in this uh, scripture has to do with his authority. There's a difference between understanding power and understanding authority. If you were driving down a main road and there were two tractor trailers across the main road, and it was blocking you, so it was impossible for you to get around those tractor trailers to go through there. That would be blocking you with the force and the power of putting those trucks there. 
But if there was a policeman there with his uniform on, his badge, he could clearly show you, his police car with the lights blinking, and he held up his hand and stopped you and said, well, there's a problem down here. We've had to shut this road down. And you turned around and went the other way. It would not be because that policeman used force of power to cause you not to go down that road and go the other way. It would be because of the authority of his position, the authority of who he was as a policeman. And so I want to remind you in the Gospel of Mark how the Lord, this is the kind of thing the woman had heard about when she came in that jostling crowd trying to get near him so she could touch him. These were the kind of things that Jesus had been doing in that region that demonstrated he had authority over every domain of life. Oh, how we need to understand that today, that he is Lord over every circumstance, every problem, every difficult. He's Lord over every domain of anything going on in this world. He has the final say. Like the Bible says, not even a little bird can fall to the ground and harm come to that bird in any way unless it's the Father's will. God the Father and God the Son have authority over every situation in this world. And if he takes such good care, such wondrous care of the little birds of the air, how much more will he take care of us made in his image and redeemed by his precious blood? Now, let me remind you of some of the things that happened in Mark, before this situation took place with this woman. In Mark chapter 5, just prior to what took place with her, there was a man who had a legion of demons. And mankind in that day tried their best to just somehow restrain him and there was, they were having, uh, it was impossible. He was breaking loose, breaking loose, breaking loose. But as soon as the Lord Jesus came on shore and that man went running to Jesus, that man was able to be set free from a legion of demons by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. He had authority over demons. He had authority over the domain of the weather. In Mark chapter 4, he was uh, in a boat, and the disciples said, Master, we're in this storm. It's a raging storm here in the sea. And Jesus was asleep. And they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? Aren't, uh, don't you care to be in touch with what's going on with our situation? And I just want to see in uh, just want to say in the Lord's humanity, one of the things that demonstrates his humanity is how tired he was from the ministry. Every day of his life, he was so tired that he could be asleep 
in his humanity in that storm like that. It wasn't a lack of concern uh, for his uh, apostles. It uh, was actually demonstrating to us that he was tempted in all points like as we are because he was not only fully God, he was fully man. But they woke him up and he rebuked the storm with his words, with the authority of who he is. He just spoke like he would rebuke demons. That's the same kind of words he used. He rebuked the storm. And it says immediately there in Mark chapter 4, immediately, it wasn't like it took time for the waves to get peaceful. Immediately there was a calm. Immediately there was a rest because of his authority, because of who he is. He also has authority over death. Uh, we don't have time in this podcast, but it mentions Jairus' uh, 12-year-old daughter. It's interesting. There's a 12-year-old daughter that's dying at the point of death, and there's a woman who had a 12-year sickness, and the contrast of the sunshine of that 12-year daughter's life now coming to a close and the darkness of the 12 years that that woman went through as far as that agony of her medical problem. I don't think that's by coincidence or accident that the 12 years is the same for the daughter and for the woman, and there's wisdom there to understand. But Jairus uh, was on his wa- he was on his way with Jesus in that crowd for his daughter to be healed. And that's when this interruption took place with this woman that uh, in a secret way touched the Lord and she was healed and then the Lord himself stopped the crowd and immediately wanted to identify who touched him. And so now there's a distraction from him continuing to help Jairus with his need with his daughter. Can you imagine what it must what test of faith it must have been for Jairus with the distraction now uh, first he's on his way to help the daughter at the point of death and now he's taking time for this other situation. But, you know, for the Son of God manifest in the flesh, not only does he have domain over disease and sickness, which he has manifested here with this woman that was sick for 12 years, the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, has domain over death. He has domain over natural law weather. He has domain over demons. He has domain over disease. He has domain over death. It was not a problem that the daughter had died for the Son of God manifest in the flesh because of his authority of who he is. He has authority over everything. As a matter of fact, remember when it comes to discipleship, and the gospel and missions and outreach and communicating and making Christ known to others so they can be saved. 
it's critically important for us to understand this principle of authority. When the Lord gave the Great Commission, he said, all, that's in Matthew 28, all authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. Brethren, we are up against a war, a battle against principalities and powers of darkness, rulers of darkness in high places. The weapons of our moving forward with the gospel message of evangelism and discipleship, we, can't, we dare not try to move forward in making Christ known as far as the gospel without understanding the victory that Christ has already won when his blood atonement took place, his resurrected life when he came up from the grave and he ascended into the heavenly places to be positioned at the right hand of our Father God and the one who now has all authority being at the right hand of the Father. He said, in heaven and on earth, and the victory has been won not only over circumstances of life, but all the powers of darkness that we are up against in life. This no wonder Dr. McQuilkin spoke about he always leads us in triumph. Now, I believe that God gave us the condition of this woman. There's quite a few details here I'd like to go over as to her condition. Because no matter what our condition or no matter what our situation, our Lord Jesus Christ is adequate to handle it. He was adequate in his ministry upon earth as the incarnate Son of God, and he's adequate as the exalted Savior in the heavens now. He is. He has all authority over every circumstance, every problem, every pressure, every pain, every suffering, every affliction, every dire, straight situation we might have. And that's why I believe the Lord gives it to us here with this woman in the extremity. God gives us situations in the Gospels in the extremity of the situation so that we can know that he can handle any situation that you, you and I face in our life. If he can handle the extreme situations that's over and over again in the Gospels, how much more can he handle any situation we might have in life? So, her, uh, let me just go down some of the conditions that she was facing, the, um, the dire, straight conditions that she was facing. First of all, the duration of it, it tells us that this uh, medical problem had continued for 12 years. And the continuation of it, this uh, issue of blood that it talks about, it was not on again, off again. In 525, it says she had an issue of blood. And in the original language, that's a present participle, which means it was a constant condition, a continuous condition. 
uh, not only was the duration of it for 12 years, but the continuation of it was 24-7. And then I want to mention the isolation of her condition. Because of this uh, bleeding issue, she would have uh, been ceremonially unclean. And people that would come in contact with her would be ceremonially unclean. As far as activities in the, in, in the temple and so forth. And so she had to isolate herself like a leper. You know how the lepers had to cry, unclean, unclean. They had to be quarantined because they were un- unclean. Well, this, this woman uh, was isolated from normal social relations because of this continuous flow of this problem. And so she had the duration of it for 12 years, the continuation of it. It wasn't on and off again for 12 years. And then she had the isolation of it as to humanity and her relationship with humanity. And then we see the deterioration of it. She had suffered many things of many physicians She was none the better, but rather she was worse. It kept getting worse and worse and worse. I tell you, it's hard when you have faith and things are increasingly getting worse and not getting better. And she had such a faith when Jesus was near and she was thinking, this may be, you know, the Bible says, call ye upon him while he is near. It talks about in the Gospels, the day of his visitation, respond to him. She sees that he's near. This may be the one and only time that she can draw near to him. And by faith, based on her understanding what she's seen and what she's heard of who he is, She knows she can be healed when mankind couldn't help her. And when she was totally helpless to help herself, she knew the Son of God, Jesus Christ, could help her. And not only was she uh, in a state of deterioration, she was also in a financial depletion state. She had spent all. Well, we're talking about a, a, a woman here that's at wit's end corner. It's one of the Psalms in the Old Testament. It talks about the nation of Israel being at wit's end corner. She is at that type of a, a condition. The duration, the continuation, the isolation, the deterioration, the financial depletion. So, brethren, I want to say... Nothing is impossible with God. Now, the timing of God's uh, changing of our circumstance or the changing of our problem is one thing we can trust him for as far as the healing or the delivering uh, uh, in the circumstances we face. But even if God does not change the circumstances, even if we have to wait upon the Lord for a different time, a different place for the circumstances to change. This woman waited 12 years. I want to read to you from Habakkuk 3, verse 17 and following, because these verses have always uh, meant a lot to me. When you're waiting uh, 
And by the way, when you're waiting for God to change or deliver or resolve the circumstance, don't think it's wasted time. God is doing something in us while we wait upon him to do something outside of us. Remember, it says all things work together for good to them that love God. This is Romans 8, and are the called according to his purpose. Well, what is his purpose? And the next verse tells you that God has predestinated us as believers to become like his son in our character, internally to become like his son inside. So even though our circumstances may not change yet, God's using our circumstances for us to draw closer to him, to know him better, to love him more, to become more like Christ, to be better able to witness Christ in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the affliction, that he is sufficient in that pain, sufficient in that suffering to meet our every need, even if the circumstances never change. Job said the Lord gives in the midst of his circumstances. He said the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Our Father in heaven can be trusted to do all things well. Now, Habakkuk 3, let me read it to you. Although, this is verse 17, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. The Lord himself, is he is our strength. He is our joy. He is our peace. It's not a matter of our circumstances bringing peace to us because of everything's at peace outside of us. We have a peace through Jesus Christ that passes human understanding. And that's why in Philippians it says, In everything give thanks. God's working this for good for us to become more like Christ. He's working this for good so that Christ can be made known. He's working this for good so the glory of God, the kingdom of God, the gospel of Christ can move forward and people can get saved. Like Paul said, I don't want you to be downhearted about my circumstances in this prison. Philippians chapter 1. He wrote the joy book of the Bible when he was in prison. And he says in Philippians chapter 1, Brethren, the things that have happened to me have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. People were getting saved, especially those soldiers that he witnessed to, the Praetorium Guard that were chained to him. 
some of those soldiers were getting saved. Others were getting saved because uh, he even says the believers were built up in their faith because they saw his response to his circumstances to give thanks to God. And like it says in Philippians, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. And that's very clear in Thessalonians. Everything give thanks. In Philippians it says, don't worry about anything, but in everything give thanks. If you do that sincerely from your heart, thank God for all the pain, all the suffering, all the affliction, every problem, every circumstance. It may not be changed yet, but you're thanking God that he's using it for good. Then it says in Philippians, like a soldier guarding a fort. It says that God will guard your heart with his peace. A peace that passes human understanding. Oh, how supernatural our God is. So let me read this again in Habakkuk. Although there be none of these things, none of these things, none of these things, none of these things, I will rejoice in the Lord. That's what Paul said in Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say Rejoice, because the Lord himself is your strength. The Lord himself is your peace. The Lord himself is your joy. Your circumstances don't have to be what you want them to be, because your your Lord Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes, and you can always have joy The joy of the Lord, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord, who he is, and our knowledge of him, and our interaction with him, our love for him, our becoming like him. It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And that's what it says here in Habakkuk. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. Can you imagine what it must have been like for that woman that had that issue of blood? She was tired. She was drained. She was weary. She was worn. She was hopeless. Uh, She was in dire straight condition after 12 years of battling this. And that jostling crowd, her trying with her weakened state of her body, trying to somehow make it so she could get close enough to Jesus, I'm telling you, we know that woman had faith. You know, the Bible says faith without works is dead. Just what it took for her to get close to Jesus in that crowd, in her condition to get close enough to touch his garments, it took faith on her part. And I didn't mention this, but in the same town, same area, uh, remember those four friends that let the uh, paralyzed man down through the roof. Again, the crowds of people were so intense, they couldn't get that man before Jesus, and they went up on the roof and took the roof apart and let him down with the ropes, let the stretcher down, the four friends. And when Jesus saw their faith, that's what it's what 
and that's it's right there in Mark in the earlier chapter before we get to the woman with the issue of blood. When Jesus saw their faith, well, what? How do you see faith? He saw the action. He saw the activity. He saw the uh, extent of what they were willing to do to get this man before Christ. Now, this is very important. When that man was lowered down, and this it ties in with this woman with the issue of blood. I want to bring it later in this podcast. The Lord did not say to that man, you are made well. The first thing he said to the man was, your sins are forgiven. Now, I believe it's quite possible either that woman was present in that crowd at, on that day or she had heard about it because if you read the gospel, it says the fame of the miracles that he was doing in that region was spreading and spreading and spreading. Either she saw it personally or heard about it is what I believe. And she heard what Jesus said to this sick man. The first thing he said was, your sins be forgiven you. And then the, uh, the spiritual uh, Jewish leaders that were not spiritual, they were hypocritical uh, religious leaders, they spoke up and said, nobody can forgive sin but God alone. And Jesus said, well, step up to the plate if you can heal the man. It was impossible. It was impossible with humanity for the man to be healed. That's why they was doing everything they could to get that man before God manifests in the flesh, Jesus Christ. And so the Lord said, and again, he uses the word authority. I talked about it. There's a difference between the Greek word for authority and the Greek word for power. And Jesus says this. He uses the Greek word for authority. He said that you may know the Son of Man has authority to forgive sin. I say to the sick of the palsy, or the uh, paralyzed man, take up your bed and walk. And so the Lord, he demonstrated he was God, manifest in the flesh, who indeed had the authority to forgive sin. But just let's go to that now. I believe that she got something more than medical, uh, medical healing. And I want to explain that to you from this passage. All the miracles that Jesus did as far as healing of the body or providing the needs of the body, it was all for spiritual purposes to understand salvation. For instance, when he provided food uh, for the 5,000, he was doing the, those types of miracles so that people would know that he was able to give them the bread not only for their body, but the bread for their soul, their spiritual need in their soul. Remember when the Lord was tempted directly by the devil and he brought, he brought back every time he was tempted from the word of God, one of the things the Lord said was, in the midst of temptation, as far as sin, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word 
of God. Our soul is fed by the word of God. And when a person gets saved, it talks about in Peter as newborn babes desire the milk of the word, milk, meat, bread. We need it for our soul. When the Lord taught us how to pray, give us this day our daily bread. I think when we pray that, we're not only praying for the food that we need to be provided on the table. I, th- I think we should be praying with the attitude, God, give me the daily bread I need for my soul today. You know what this day is going to hold. You know what life has before me and before all of us. Open my eyes to your word. Feed me with the truth of who you are, who your son is, the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, give me raiments from your word so that your word can be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And your word can be the source of the faith I need to trust you for anything that comes my way today or tomorrow or the next day. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, which I believe this woman with the issue of blood had uh, heard the Word of God that he was teaching, not only the miracles he was doing, he was teaching in that region, and he was doing the miracles in that region. And it's quite possible she had quite a bit of understanding that was not recorded in the Gospels as to her understanding of who Jesus Christ was manifest there. And that's why she did everything she could to get to him because she knew he was able to do for her what humanity couldn't do for her because he had already said that you may know the Son of Man God manifest in the flesh has authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to this sick of the palsy, take up your bed and walk. Those types of things gave this woman the confidence to put her faith in Christ, not only for her body, but I believe for her soul. And let me explain it to you. As we look at Mark chapter 5, let's look at it again. I mentioned those words It's very clear here that the Lord healed her body. But then, why did the Lord insist? Why did he stop? And why did he insist that she be identified? Which, by the way, it's not like the Lord didn't know who he was looking for. If you look at the text closely, he was looking for her. It tells you that in the text. It wasn't like he was out of touch trying to find the person. He was God manifest in the flesh. It's like when he said to uh, Nathaniel, when you were under the fig tree, I knew what was going on with you under the fig tree. Like you said to the woman at the well, and she said, come see a man who knows everything about you. He was not trying to find her. He wanted her to give testimony. He wanted her to give confession. He wanted there to be a public witness of the gospel that was manifest in this situation, not just that she would be healed of her body, 
but it would be made clear she had come to healing in her soul through her faith. And others could come to healing in their soul through faith, understanding of who Christ is. So in the text, when he identified her and she came down and says she was fearing and trembling, verse 33, knowing what was done in her, she came and fell down before him. And this phrase I mentioned, she told him all the truth. Now, I believe when she told him all the truth, obviously she told him that she was the one in the crowd and how she went about touching his clothes and positioning herself at the rear of the crowd. She wanted to do it. She was trying not to be a distraction. He was on his way to heal that 12-year-old daughter. She knew she was in isolation because of being ceremonially unclean. She wasn't trying to bring herself to the forefront of the situation. She was trying to touch by faith who Christ is and be healed without being a distraction to that daughter's situation. But when she told him all the truth, I think it was more than that. I think it's quite possible. I mean, we don't know uh, what caused her medical issue. But one thing I know, Jesus says in verse 34, He says unto her in verse 34, now notice he calls her daughter. Now this is the first indication that we are getting that she has become a child of God. She has been brought into the family of God. The reason I mention that is because of what's in Matthew 12. Jesus was in a crowd of people. I mean, everywhere he went, he was in a crowd of people. And they say, well, your, your, your family's here. They're trying to get close to you. They need to talk with you, want to spend time with you. And in Matthew 12, verse 48, here's what Jesus said. He answered and he said, he asked the question, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? And then he stretched forth his hand toward his disciples, those that had come to faith of salvation who believed on him for the salvation of their sins. They were his disciples because of faith in him. He stretched forth his hand towards his disciples, and then he said, Behold, these are my mother, and these are my brethren. They are in the family of God. I believe that's what's happening here with a woman that had the issue of blood. When he calls her daughter, he's beginning to open up to And by the way, you know, it says you believe in your heart, which she did believe in her heart uh, in Jesus Christ. But it also says in Romans, you believe in your heart, but what do you do? You confess with your mouth. When she told him all the truth, I believe she's given a confession there of her sin. And she knew that she could be forgiven of her sin, just like that man let down through that roof, that she needed a Savior. She needed forgiveness. She not only needed to be healed of her bodily uh, medical problem, but she needed God's forgiveness, and Christ could forgive her. And that's uh, another reason why I think she fell down before him in fear and trembling, knowing who he is, not just knowing that she had been exposed it become manifest that she was the one who touched him. Now, let me close with this in verse 34. He said, Daughter, 
Your faith has made you whole. And the first time that word whole is mentioned here, it's the Greek word, it's sozo. It means saved. Your faith has saved you. So not only has she been um, healed of the medical problem, the Lord is stating you've been healed of your spiritual problem. And then he says, okay, because you've uh, got everything straightened out as far as your relationship with me, and you're now part of the family of God, notice what he says, go in peace. Listen, when our Lord died and rose again from the dead, and the atonement was complete, the blood atonement was complete, and man's salvation, the finished work of man's salvation had been provided, and he rose from the dead, when he went to his apostles, he greeted them with these words, Peace be unto you. The work of salvation is completed. Every believer who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ can constantly live in peace every minute, every moment of every day. Peace in the soul, no matter what the circumstances of life. Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to God alone laughs at impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. It shall, it shall, it shall be done. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you that we can have peace regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of all the disorder, regardless of all the destruction Regardless of all that's falling apart in man's kingdoms, everywhere you look, things are waxing worse and worse. Oh, Father, I just want to take time to thank you and praise you. We have a peace through your Son, your Word talks about, through his blood atonement. It was through his blood atonement he made peace. And I believe when the Lord spoke these words to this woman, go in peace. He was basing that on her, her coming to salvation through him being not only the Messiah, God-man manifest in the flesh, but the Messiah, Savior, who would make it possible for her sins to be forgiven. So he said, your faith has saved you. And then he says, be whole, meaning, this is not the word for uh, be saved. He says, be whole. The complete package, your body, your soul, and your spirit. He says, go in peace. Everything's okay with you. I'll take care of you completely. Your body, your soul, and your spirit. You do not have to have a worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be stressed. Go in peace. Oh, what a promise. Oh, what a reality that you and I remember God will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. is an understanding that through Christ's atonement, he has secured not only the victory over these principalities and powers and victory over sin, but he has secured this wonderful blessing, the fruit of the Spirit, love, 
joy, peace. Constantly walking in the Spirit, constantly being filled with the Spirit. And if you're walking in the Spirit and filled with the Spirit, you're filled with His love, filled with His joy, and filled with His peace. I believe that's what happened to this woman that had the issue of blood. She got the medical healing, but praise God, she got that spiritual healing in her soul. So let's pray one more time together. Father in heaven, I pray that uh, as we read your word, I pray that everybody who listens to this particular podcast would be able to hear your voice through your word. Jesus said, my sheep, he doesn't say they hear the pastor's voice. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. Father, what do those listening to this message need to hear from you, from your word, so that they can have that peace that passes human understanding, guarding their heart and guarding their mind in the finished, completed work of your Son, Jesus Christ. Like Paul, when he wrote his letters, he kept saying, grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace. Be multiplied unto you. Father, that's my desire and prayer. Anybody that listens to this, if they need to come to know salvation through your Son, they would come to know that peace through Him and that salvation through Him. And like she confessed Him to be her Savior, this woman here confessed Him to be her Savior. Lord, may they confess Him to be their Savior. And then as believers, we can go in peace. Regardless of like what your son said, your son said there's going to be wars, there's going to be rumors of war, it's never going away until there's a new heaven and a new earth. Humanity will not be able to live at peace with each other without Christ in their life. Oh, Father, we thank you the believer can be at peace. We can be at peace within ourselves, and we can be at peace with other believers because your son has secured that peace. And that's my desire in this prayer, Father. May anybody listening be able to enter into your peace, body, soul, and spirit, regardless of their circumstances of life. And I pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen.